Hello and welcome on into Moving the Chains episode 6. Glad to have you back for another week. First, I'd like to give a shout out to Tim Hackett, my co-podcast director, for taking over last week, did an admirable job. We're happy to have you all back again. I'm joined this week by Henry DeMore and Austin Miller, filling in on short notice. Thank you, Austin. Four podcasts in 24 hours, Amit Malik. Austin. Running on fumes, but that means the takes are going to be as hot as they get. Get ready for some crazy stuff coming out of Austin Miller's mouth. And we're also happy to have Henry DeMore here. Henry was there in Wisconsin this past week. We'll do Northwestern, Big Ten, a little bit of national football. As always, our pick of the week, lock of the week at the end. But I want to start with that first, Henry. You were there at Wisconsin. You know, what went wrong for the Wildcats in this game? They played three quarters of good football, but one of them did them in. One of them did them in, and it wasn't even the problem that I thought they were uh, really going to have. Coming into the game, I thought, okay, it's going to be tough to establish the run game and establish Justin Jackson. We know how important that is through Justin Jackson's tenure at Northwestern. Nothing really has changed as far as how the offense produces and succeeds on the field. Um that wasn't really that. That was an issue all day. But in the third quarter, um, I mean, the the offensive line, the player play has been less than awesome throughout the year. But I mean, they Clayton Thorson got sacked seven times in that entire game, and to me, it just looked like Clayton Thorson in that third quarter did not look like junior year Clayton Thorson. He looked like freshman year Clayton Thorson. He looked frazzled. He was making throws on very. Uh, you know, short, not short notice is the phrase I'm looking for, but he was making very impulsive throws and uh, just kind of trying to get rid of the ball and put it somewhere other than in the pocket as he went down and got sacked. Um, yeah. And for me, one of the things that kind of stuck out, Henry, is they just failed to hang on to the football in that third quarter. They just couldn't get any sustained drives going, and so Wisconsin was just running their offense out again and again and again, and I think that really took its toll on the Northwestern defense. thought Northwestern did a good job in the first half. Obviously, they started the game by forcing a turnover, and that was really good for the Wildcats. Um, and then from there, in that third quarter, it just kind of got away from them. They just failed to keep the offense on the field, and I think that just kind of built on itself for Wisconsin and allowed them to build that lead. Yeah. No, to your, to your point, I mean, the defense, especially in the first half, was actually really refreshing to see. There's been talk all year uh, ever since the uh, ever since Keith Watkins went down with that injury of, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to the secondary? And with as injuries kept piling up and piling up, it was really encouraging to see them come out there and play the aggressor and be, I think Sam Brees said about a thousand times on the broadcast, but I think that's the right term. They were opportunistic. Yeah, right? and, and the numbers weren't all that bad either. You said going into it, you know, the fear was the, the ground game for Wisconsin. You hear about the vaunted Wisconsin offensive line, the vaunted Wisconsin running backs. They only had 109 yards on the ground on Saturday against Northwestern. I think you'll take that game in and game out in the Big Ten with the, the runners that the Big Ten has. I mean, if I told you this week Saquon Barkley is only going to get 109 yards on the ground for Penn State, you'd feel pretty darn good about that. So I think the defense didn't perform all that poorly. It's just they got stuck in a bad situation in that third quarter and things just kind of ballooned out of control for Northwestern. Yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating because they, they played so well. The defense got those turnovers, which we know Wisconsin doesn't do that often. Uh, offensively for the Wildcats, you know, obviously they didn't move the ball as well, but what could they have done differently in this game, either execution-wise, play-calling-wise? I mean, always execution-wise, you could have done better. But, like, specifically, what are some few things you could point to that they could have improved to maybe have gotten a result here against Wisconsin? I'm not big on the let's revisit all the play calls and see how we needed to do differently it, in those it's type tough of situations. To, it's tough to do that. Yeah. It is tough to do. But I think one thing that I've consistently been a bit frustrated about this year with Northwestern is this insistence that they can be a power ground team. That on third and one and third and two, Northwestern can line up across from the team they're playing, can hit them in the mouth, and can go and get short yardage. 
And I just haven't seen that be able to be the case for Northwestern. You have a quarterback that Northwestern would like to uh, to portray as one of the best in the Big Ten. Use him. Don't just run right up the middle when you know the when the opposition knows what you're going to do. Put Clayton Thorson in some rollout situations. He's shown himself to be mobile. He's a dangerous <coughs> thrower. He has talented targets. Mix things up a little bit. It, it, I don't know. I just feel like Northwestern is in this rut where we're a power run team and we're going to show that we're a power run team. And I don't think they need to do that. Throw Clayton Thorson the shotgun on third and one. Roll him out to the right and, and give him a little an RPO. You know the the new fancy thing in football, a run pass option. I think that would was probably my biggest takeaway is just don't feel like you need to pound it up the middle every single chance you have. Yeah, I mean, I think especially given the fact that the offensive line fails to create holes for Jackson. Jackson's obviously a talented back, but when he's not getting holes, I mean, wh- wh- he's not gonna he's not a, a Marshawn Lynch a guy who's gonna carry two or three defenders with him as he pushes for for extra yards. Who did impress me that did do that actually a couple times was Jeremy Larkin. Yeah, he was really impressive. He had seven carries for thirty seven yards, averaged five point three per uh, per rush compared to Justin Jackson's two point eight. Right, but uh, but to uh, like you were saying, like it's sort of beating a dead horse. It's like like why keep doing this thing that you know isn't working, rather than you know short passes across the middle to like guys like um, Riley Lees. I I was really impressed with him. The kid's quick with between him and Skoranek and Flynn Nagel. They're quick guys. They can play. They can beat their defenders. Maybe not on long bombs, which I mean that you know Thorson has thrown has shown he has a power arm, but long bombs weren't the answer yesterday uh, last week when you can't get anything else going. Um, but the short passes, I was impressed with the agility and the relative execution as far as that third quarter of the receivers. Yeah, I think going forward, when they're in those short yardage, even just on first down, you know, the the run is too predictable. You know, spread the receivers out, get a short yardage concept play, slants, curls, stick, whatever you got to do. Austin Miller's favorite thing, mesh. Mesh it, man. Put yeah. it right across the middle. I mean, we're, Run we're, defenders into each other. We're not offensive coordinator experts by any means, but I think it's fair to say that the run is not working for Northwestern. It, it, it starts with the line, and mm-hmm. you know no one's going to criticize Justin Jackson for not being the guy to get it done. But without a push, you just need to adapt. You need to call yep. short passes, get that ball out of there. And also, the other thing about deep balls, if the line's not that good, you don't have time. To, to throw big. But I think Clayton Thorson is the type of quarterback who could succeed in that yeah. air raid style. Obviously, Northwestern is never going Not to be even a Texas air raid. Tech it could air be raid. closer to West Coast But Yeah, offense. exactly. A West Coast Andy Reid style offense where you're getting the ball out quick. I think you would trust Thorson at this point in his career to make those decisions. Again, there's maybe not an Austin Carr in this receivers group, but I think they've shown themselves to be plenty capable. Gary yeah. Dickerson is dangerous from the superback role. So just mix it up a little bit more for Northwestern. And then build the run off of yeah. that when you have these teams caught in because between. Because if, yeah. if you spread some receivers out, there's not a lot of defenders in the box, then you can run on them. And then they're then they're really reeling. You know, it's definitely harder to set up the run from the pass than it is the inverse, but it's something on the table for Northwestern. And also, one thing, they, they did this just a little against Bowling Green. Use Clay Thorson on the ground a little bit. Get some quarterback options. Duke decimated Northwestern's defense with Daniel Jones running. Clay Thorson clearly can run the ball. I think that's another thing that maybe they could we could see them turn to in the back half of the season. And I yeah. think as we kind of transition into talking about Penn State this week, Amit, I think that's something you could see a little bit for Northwestern. You kind of talk about kitchen sink games. 
I think every card is going to be on the table for the Wildcats this week because any slim chance that they have to win the division in the Big Ten, you have to win this week. You can't go 0-2 and expect to win the Big Ten West, not with the way Wisconsin is playing. Northwestern has yet to beat a football team that has beaten another football team this year. Bowling Green is 0-5, Nevada is 0-5. So for Northwestern, I think they're kind of at this crossroads of the season that yes, even if they lose to Penn State, they drop to two and three, they can still finish seven and five. But if they want to have a really good season, nine and three, ten and two, that type of season, obviously ten and two, you have to win this week. But an eight and four, nine and three type season, a big win against a Penn State team would really kind of vault them into that category. And so I think that means that you will see every card out on the table for Mick McCall and the offense. Yeah. Because you need to to beat a team that's as good as Penn State is. Yeah, they're going to reach deep into that bag of trips. Let's move on to that Penn State game. It is Wednesday already. Don't need to spend too much time on Wisconsin. Since we're on the theme of the offense, let's look at that side of the ball. How is Northwestern going to move the ball against Penn State's defense? What are some of the tricks they can use? Because the run game clearly hasn't been working. <clears throat> I, think, I think, like you said, short passes. That's how you're going to get the, the small yardage when you need it. Uh, I I don't really have anything else to say other than kind of what Austin was saying about how to, you know, correct things from the Wisconsin game. Look, like, it, it, it's about adapting. Like you were saying, don't try to beat this dead horse. And I mean, it's like, the, 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 the time to experiment is against Penn State, right? You don't want to do this thing. You're like, well, maybe it'll work this week. This is the least likely week that the offensive line steps up against this Penn State defense that is going to just send all these bodies. Like, I mean, they're, they're going to pack the box and... Uh, and, and, and offensively, I mean, they're just going to punish the defense, right? I mean, they're, they're going to have their work cut out for them. It, it, this I is think not this game is going to be immensely important for the Northwestern offense. They don't need to score on every drive, but if you string together three and outs after three and outs, it's going to be incredibly difficult for the Northwestern defense, which, as we said, played fairly well against Wisconsin yeah. last week. But this defense against that Penn State trench on the offensive line and Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley, Northwestern needs to be able to flip the field with their offense. If that is an eight-play, 37-yard drive that ends in a punt, okay, that's fine. You've given your defense a rest. But if Northwestern strings together two or three three-and-outs on the offensive side of the football, this game could get out of hand because of how talented Penn State is on the other side of the ball. Yeah. No, they've got guys that can do it all between Saquon Barkley. I mean, uh, Deshaun Hamilton had himself a heck of a game against Indiana, made a couple incredible, a few incredible catches. Penn State's pretty but, good. Yeah. yeah. No, they, I think they, that's they, the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Well, Obviously, Northwestern, they have to score to win, but I think the more important matchup, just for this game in general, is what Northwestern's defense can do against Penn State's explosive playmakers. Northwestern's front seven has been not as great as possible at times. The secondary's been banged up, but Northwestern's run defense is pretty solid. They're averaging 3.8 yards per carry, which is a very good mark for run defense, and they're going to go up against one of the best running backs, if not the best, in the country. How are they, they going to stop this Penn State offense? Hope. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. Maybe the, Penn State yeah. shows up hey, a little sleepy. The good news is that uh, Penn State only ran for 39 yards uh, against Indiana. Now, that being said, they scored 49 points. So I don't know if that yeah, really was I a mean, problem. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if Penn State plays its A-plus game, Northwestern's, pro yeah. Northwestern's probably not going to win this game. But that's, that's, just, but if that's it's football. A good team. Yeah. yeah, that's football. For Northwestern, I think you need to take advantage of some opportunities. You have to be opportunistic on the defense. We saw them force turnovers against Wisconsin in that first half. You have to do the same thing about Penn State. You have to attack. Bring the game yeah. to Penn State. Try to force I, turnovers. I think that's one thing we didn't mention in the Wisconsin game. If Northwestern gets more points off those turnovers in the first half, completely different game. If they yeah. get those turnovers, as you said, Austin, they need to capitalize. That's the second half of it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I don't think we even like talked about that much, and that kind of went by the wayside. I think everybody was so excited that you know just the Wisconsin offense was being stopped, but then the the 
production off the turnovers. I think kind of looking back, everyone was like, wait a minute, we had how many turnovers? And we scored how many points off those? Oh, wait, that's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. So I think that'll be a big thing. As far as schematically for Northwestern, you just have to contain Barkley and you have to tackle him gang tackle style because he will make one guy miss. He will make two guys miss. He made he made Josie yeah. Jewell look very if pedestrian. You run, if you try to tackle him one-on-one, you're not going to have much success. So the Wildcats, they have to come out with 110% energy from the start of this game and on that very first drive. The first carry for Barkley, you got to get five or six guys on him and you have to do that consistently throughout the entirety of the game because if you let him into one-on-one situations he's going to win more often than not and Northwestern simply can't allow that to happen yeah and I think for Northwestern's front four uh they need to get a push at the line they can't get dominated it might happen some plays but this is one of the games where they just have to push back force Barkley to make some shifty plays in the backfield to even get yards because if that line opens up and Barkley gets to that second level it's pretty much game over. Yeah, no, I think you need, you like you said, you need a push. You need to slow him down in some capacity before he hits that second level because of what? Because Brett Walsh, Patty Fisher, and Nate Hall, I was impressed with them when they were the hang back, when they got, like you said, that push from the defensive line, hung back just enough and pounced, right? When they had a little bit of time to read their running backs. But when they were in just one-on-one situations, they 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 overshot some uh some some wisconsin you know they overshot jonathan taylor it was just one good move by him made him look silly right but when they had a little bit more time to read backs and receivers that their their tackling abilities impressed me uh I'll, I'll wrap this up this segment we'll ask you guys what's some predictions neither of us all three of us are on the call this weekend it'll be Wilger to Hackett. what do you guys think is going to happen in this game uh, we can talk about straight up, and then if you want to mention the spread, Penn State I think is favored by fourteen. There's fourteen and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fourteen half, half point could be big. Could, could be half. half. But, uh, <laughs> let's get let's get your predictions, guys. I think Northwestern keeps this game close. Um, I understand that Penn State is incredibly talented coming into this year. I said Northwestern would either win against Wisconsin or Penn State. They didn't win against Wisconsin, so I guess they're going to win against Penn State. It's logic. Yeah, it is also um, Northwestern's homecoming. Northwestern's yeah, yeah. homecoming. I think 11 a.m. kickoff helps them. Does anybody know who Penn State plays next week? Trap game? Maybe? Uh, Maybe? After Maybe? is Maybe? Michigan. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trap, trap game. game. Trap game. James Franklin's looking at the Wolverines. I think Northwestern is going to come out firing in this game. I don't know that they will necessarily win it, but I think Northwestern will keep it close. Let's say Penn State 28, Northwestern 24. Took my exact score line, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll bump it down one margin. Give me 21. To, give me 21 to 17. There you go. That's I've fine. got. I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Now that uh, our WR predictions is back, uh, I will also iterate my predictions on the podcast as well. Uh, Northwestern 31, Penn State 20. Gonna be a Could down you say 17 the... 7 at halftime, and mm. they're gonna grind it out due to a, a dominant run game. And the defense up, up to, the, to task. the task. There up you go. To the task. There you go. Good to hear. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll Again, that it, goes. it's hard for Northwestern to go into a game knowing that you need your opponent to not play a plus football to win. Yeah. But I think but the, you can control your side. Exactly. Of it. But yeah, the recipe, the end. recipe is there for Northwestern. Again, as we said, Penn State has Michigan next week, 11 a.m. kickoff in Evanston, homecoming for the Wildcats. If Penn State starts that little bit off, I think Northwestern can take advantage of it. Great. Let's move on to Big Ten football as a whole. Um, some decent football being played last week. The really, I guess, big surprise I want to start with is Michigan State-Iowa. Is Iowa bad, where they just had a letdown after the heartbreaker to Penn State? Or is Michigan State a team that no one's really been rating well? Are they actually good? No, they're both bad. Okay, that that's fair. 
I am. I I, I agree. They're not both. <laughs> they're they're both middle of the pack at best. Um, but I think people don't credit Michigan State as an institution enough. I mean, they, they they recruit very well every year. Yes, they had their slew of, you know, off-field issues that decimated their, their most recent recruiting class. But I think the coaching staff and, and I, I, they, they, they turn media, they turn decent talent into superstar talent. I, I think Michigan State will bounce back from their down year sooner than people think. Okay, fine. Their, their games were, you know, Bowling Green, Michigan State, they got stomped by Notre Dame, which actually really surprised me because I don't think Notre Dame's a good football team. But, um, and I think they'll, I, I think they will lose to Michigan, but the line, I think, even there at Michigan, Michigan's only favored by 11, that is a really tight line, all things considered. Um, I think Michigan State is better than people give them credit for. I think Iowa played above their level against Penn State at a home and game in prime time. There. I think also that there. helped. I'm not buying And they always Iowa. seem to get up top against sure, top five teams. Sure, home, Again, so. I'm not buying Iowa. I'm not buying Michigan State either. Don't Fair really. enough. I think the other, uh, you know, the other two results that weren't surprising: Penn State beating up on Indiana, Ohio State, like a smacked against Rutgers. Interesting, I guess. A bit Maryland. Are they for real? Beat no. Minnesota thirty-one twenty-four. Definitively not. Mar- Minnesota's just really bad. I don't know that I'm willing to say Minnesota's really bad, but I'm not willing to say that Maryland is good. They have quarterback issues all throughout that team. Uh, they go to Columbus this weekend. They're thirty-one point underdogs, and I think that line may be a bit too small. Uh, Maryland's not good. Don't get fooled. Well, I think that was it for last week's games. Let's just look at this week. I know you hinted at it a bit. I think the the one really to look at is Michigan State, Michigan. As you said, Michigan favored by 10 and a half, 11. Can Michigan State make this game close? Can they even threaten Michigan? Michigan has won every game of the season so far by at least 10, but they haven't exactly looked uh, inspiring in their first few games. Henry, I will defer to you on this one as the resident Michigan expert. Would you be a bit worried? I, I, I am a bit worried. Um, I mean, we can even harken back to two years ago when, yes, Michigan State was a superior football team. But, look, the fact of the matter is Michigan State, they're ranked number seven. They're not a top-ten football team. They haven't shown that. They beat they, they didn't even beat up on a Florida team. They got lucky against a Florida team that was Yeah, abso- let's, let's yeah. stop with this charade that Florida's a real football team. No, they, Florida was gutted. Oh, I, should, I also forgot to mention their quarterback won't be playing. Yeah, I yeah, gotta go to yeah, O'Corn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which I is there any difference honestly, between the two of them? I actually, I actually like O'Corn more. Will Spade, Will Spade has looked bad this yeah. year. He has, he has overthrown a lot of receivers, and he, he just like he, he doesn't seem to have like I don't know. I think it's psychological with him. I just don't think he's <laughs> seriously. I, I like because when even in the Florida game, he threw two picks on two consecutive passes. Those were both touchdowns that Florida scored were defensive pick sixes, right? Yeah, and their offense didn't do anything. <laughs> No, they've got some depth. No, no, they really don't. Uh, and Michigan has some promising. Their defense is good enough, and I think that's how they've been winning these games. I mean, they, you know, escape Purdue, which I guess the Purdue conversation is a whole other one that we'll probably have um, pretty it, soon. It's a sec, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think O'Corn is the better option right now than Wilton Speed. Not because I think you know O'Corn's spectacular. I just think Speed has something. I think it is psychological that he he needs to get call it yips. Whatever he needs to get it out. The Yipsalanti. Yeah. So I don't buy Michigan <laughs> State. Sorry for that one, everyone. Yeah, that was that was really bad. Uh, I don't buy Michigan State, but I don't think I buy Michigan either. So, so, like, so I'll ask both of you: Does Michigan State make this close enough, or do they even win? Uh, meh. Stay away. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I like yeah. my thinking on this. It feels I, like it's going to float around eight to fourteen points. Fair Michigan enough. wins, but doesn't look terribly convincing. No, exactly. Yeah, I think continuing the trend of you know Michigan State winning games, kind of like it, it's been just it's been like my dad's a huge Michigan fan. It's been a a, a season of consecutive whew, 
big exhales yeah, after wins. Like, okay, you know what? We don't, we have no losses, and that's good. And the rankings clearly don't seem to reflect how good Mich- how good a team Michigan is. They reflect their record, mm-hmm. um, which is its own conversation. Find but, out a lot about Michigan next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other good game. Find out that yeah. they're not very good. The other games, uh, the other game that's interesting. I don't find Maryland, Ohio State interesting. I don't find Wisconsin, Nebraska. Interesting. I find Wisconsin, Nebraska. Well, you do? A do you think Nebraska can make a little bit? In- I do. Good I game. think Nebraska is backs up against the wall. Nebraska their kitchen not, sink game. They are not particularly true. good, but at home in primetime against Wisconsin, uh, the AD got fired a couple days back. Mike Riley's under a lot of pressure. A win would go a long, long way for the Huskers. And as I talk about this, I think I'm talking myself into Nebraska plus 11 and a half a little more than I thought I was. That's that's dangerous thinking. It's I, dangerous. It is I, dangerous. 11 but I don't think is Wisconsin a, is, is any good. They, I don't think Wisconsin's that good. They did beat Northwestern by 11. They beat them by just one score. So we'll see if Nebraska can keep it close. Uh, we're joined by a little poke in from Will Greer here. Take the Huskers. Thank you. Will Greer <laughs> sending in his, we'll even call it an early lock. I don't know if it's a lock or not. Will Greer recommending the Huskers at uh, plus 11. Uh, this is turning into very quickly a gambling podcast if you have been listening. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you year. put me on. That's what happens. Uh, but let's ask last big game that I'm, I'm really interested in, Minnesota-Purdue. All right, big game. Sorry, not, not big game. but Intriguing. Pur- intriguing. Purdue yeah. just actually very good, I, I'd say. Yep. Uh, do, do they keep rolling at home against the Minnesota team? It's kind of really. All right, so Purdue burned me week one against Louisville. I thought that Louisville yeah. was going to absolutely smash Purdue, and Same. they did not. But then Purdue has looked progressively more impressive as they've gone on. I like what Jeff Brom is doing there for the Boilermakers. I thought they played Michigan close and were maybe a bit unlucky to lose as by as much as they did in the end. I think Purdue can win this game against Minnesota. I don't know a thing about Minnesota. I know P.J. Fleck is there. Does he still do the whole row the boat thing? Yeah, he All does. right, they're going to lose. Absolutely. <laughs> There's the scientific analysis yeah. from I could, couldn't name a single Minnesota player. They're completely irrelevant to me. I think Purdue wins this game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very telling game for either Where's side. this game at? At it's Purdue. At Purdue. Yeah. By four you don't just half. walk into ross Aid Stadium and come out with a win easy. They're going to be happening at the Beer Garden at ross Aid Stadium, also known as Overflow Parking for their men's basketball games. Hey-o. ross Aid Stadium is one of the worst stadiums in yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, Purdue's going to win. All right, well, we'll see. Uh, any thoughts on Illinois-Iowa or, or not really? Stop. All right, yeah. That's, I'm just, I, no. I'm just I, giving if, a if courtesy Iowa, to them. If Iowa, if Iowa loses, if Iowa doesn't trouble. smack Illinois, yeah. um, that would be bad. Yeah, Where's that, that game at? It's at Iowa. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, Iowa's going to win. Gonna win by 30. Yeah. I don't know. 30, 22. To win by 30, you've got to score 30. I don't know okay. that Iowa can do that. Okay. But I could see like a 27-6 win for the yeah, Longhorns. Right. Well, a lot like what Nebraska did like Illinois last week. Yeah, that wraps up our Big Ten conversation there. We'll move on to the national stage. We're mostly going to focus on next week. I do want to ask you all about one game I thought was really interesting. What did we learn from USC-Washington State? I thought this was a really fun one. Uh, and Washington State getting a really great win. We learned that Sam Darnold does not need to be the number one pick in the NFL. There we go. That's Sam what Darnold's I wanted to hear. Good. That's what if I you're going to be the number one pick, you got to throw for more than 160 yards against the Mike Leach defense. <laughs> that's, that's that's so true. That's fair. Uh, yeah. no, I, I, is is I, Washington State for real? I think I think they're legit, but I also think USC has been overrated since day yep. one. Sam Darnold has been overrated yep. since day one. He had yes, I, like I, I I understand why people were hot on him coming into the season because when that switch was made at USC, right? I mean, what they were zero and three, then they yeah. ran the table. Yeah, he looks yeah. he looks at the part, 
And then you yeah. put him out on the football field and he throws for 160 yards against Washington yeah. State. No, the, he can't keep up with the expectations. Five road games out of the final seven to go for Washington State. It's hard to see them running the table ahead of that matchup with Washington. I think that's going to be a really fun game to finish the year in the Apple Cup. So for Washington State, I think they'll probably finish the year either 11-1 and or 10-2. and but they're absolutely a player on yeah. the national stage. If they could yeah. get to that Washington game undefeated, oh, absolutely. That, that's that's what their goal is going to be right absolutely. now. So, uh, let's now look ahead to the games this week before we get to our Yikes. lock of the week. Yikes. It's another bad slate of yeah, games. It is. Uh, I guess I want to start with NC State Louisville. NC State, a little bit of an upstart team. Uh, Austin Miller giving that wolf pack. Yeah. NC State's really good on Thursday nights at home against ranked teams. I don't know what the numbers are. <laughs> But NC State is really good at playing up to their competition, so I think Louisville needs to be wary of this game. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think uh, a game that intrigues me, not because it's going to be good football, because I think it's going to be bad football, and I think it's two teams that are gloriously overrated as LSU-Florida. LSU got... LSU lost to Troy! LSU got... Oh my gosh, that was so bad. Uh, and, but in, in I saw one tweet that I really appreciated, uh, is that how LSU is like overrated every year, is that uh, they were ranked 25th coming into that game. And someone tweeted out, man, after this loss to Troy, they'll probably only be 23rd in the yeah, nation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Florida 12, LSU 9. I want no part of that game. <laughs> Will not be watching. No, that's going to be bad. CBS, put a better game on. Put a different game on. You know what game CBS should put on, Amit? Let's put on it. Alabama's trip to Texas, Texas A&M. Kevin Sublin yep. fighting for his job. Austin, I have been looking into some of your picks, and I think you think that this is a, a bit of a big game want, here for Texas look, A&M. I don't want to spoil a later segment of the show. I'd like to keep the drama for there. But we may circle back around to this one. Okay. Texas A&M is 4-1. Alabama has been romping through the SEC. This is their first road trip of the year. Texas A&M has traditionally played Alabama fairly well. Now or never, really, for Kevin Sumlin. They had that UCLA absolute collapse. Responded poorly in their following games, but have kind of righted the ship. I think Texas A&M is going to throw everything they have at Alabama, and I think this game is going to be a lot closer than the experts think. That's all I'll say It's a, It's a very, very big spread. So, by a lot closer, it literally just has to be not a blowout. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Again, we'll, we'll, I don't want to spoil yeah. my picks for later. Yeah, okay. But. Other, you know, game between two ranked teams, West Virginia, TCU, mm. Big 12 matchup. That's intriguing. I don't know how I feel about TCU. I liked what they did against Oklahoma State. West Virginia, I think, will test them. Big 12 is a hard conference to get all the way through for yeah. TCU. I'm intrigued by that one. Miami-Florida State, another game that I'm looking at. I think Miami is going to lay the beat down. But uh, Will Greer so too. may have said earlier on some conversation I had with him that the Knowles are uh, going to win. They are not going to win. I like Miami a yeah. lot. I don't buy Florida State. Um, but this is a big test for Miami. On the road against Florida State, a traditional rival. This is the game where Miami is going to show us if they're for real or not. Completely agree. I have nothing more to say on that. Great. Uh, let's do it, guys. We're making great time here. Uh, one, because we got somewhere to be, and also because... <laughs> Look, we, when the games are bad... There hasn't been a lot of good games recently. Look, I don't need to break down yeah. Boise State, BYU. I'm no. done with the Cougs. I don't need yeah. to talk about the Cougs anymore. Yeah. They're going to lose, and they're going to lose by more than what Vegas thinks they're going to lose by. It's an easy pick. There you go. Uh, let's get to the ADT lock your house, lock your pick, the lock of the week. Reminder of last week's pick, Sam Brief 
decided to give us two. Yeah, probably the first one the he second. gives is the one that counts, and he didn't get that one right. He gave us Iowa, the first one, plus three and a half against Michigan State. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. Iowa did not get the job done. Straight up lost that game. They did. It was not they good did. for them. Uh, so that was a loss there for Sam Brief. He did pick uh, Northern Illinois over San Diego State, a plus 11. There you go. Good pick. That was a great good pick. Good pick but the Aztecs. if it's your second lock, it doesn't count. It First count. one only count. No, you can't just sit here and give as many locks as you want. I know I'm taking no, no, over your podcast. It, I think it's good if you're that confident because you're just you're risking yourself. You can't just, but I can't just sit here and give you four locks and then oh I got one of them right. No, no. it's no. it's bad. It's your winning percentage. No, it's all about your winning percentage. Sam Brief's winning percentage this year is 500, so he's not that good. You know, if you only give one lock and you get it right, you got a thousand winning percentage. That's also, Sam Brees' fault. We were talking about this before. Also, they are they are locks. It's yeah. not it's not just picks. Yeah, that's right? why I think it's okay to give as many because you really should be that confident. Mm. It's okay if you want to give two. Meh. You just better be right. Man, ADT is expecting more from yeah. their sponsors. You can't just leave half of your house open for burglars. <laughs> yeah, you'd lose true. some serious that's stuff. That's true. You can't do that. Right. If you're gonna lock your house. Lock it all the way. Let's have a chat about what Bo Bowen did with his lock. <laughs> Bo Bowen, you can. Bob Owen picked uh, Florida International at minus yeah. 12 and a half against Charlotte. Oh my they won by one. Yeah, Bob Bowen <laughs> thought he was getting slick here. Oh, the 49ers are real bad. I'm going to yeah. pick against them. And the 49ers came to play. Yeah. FIU did not show up with any intention of winning that game. <laughs> they snuck it out in the end, so they got the win. But Charlotte definitely stepped up ahead. So that is yeah. a missed lock for Bob Owen. Uh, not a good week for the station. One and two. On the year, we're seven, five, and one here. Not great numbers for locks. Uh, if we had a house, a lot of stuff would be gone. But we keep some stuff but too. But we keep some stuff too. We would keep the majority look, of our stuff. Look, yeah, the TV's like still there. Margin. We still got our Xbox, but the PlayStation is gone. Yeah, and, and, most, right. and most of the furniture to sit in right. while we play that PlayStation. But we still yeah, got a couch. We still you got get, a couch. You make some more. You make some more dough off these picks. Look, you get a couch back. back. That's why Henry and I are here this yeah. week. We're gonna Henry write that and I total. are here for y'all. Oh my uh, Austin, let's start with you. What is your ADT lock of the week? All right. Well, now that I'm being told that I can make multiple locks of the week, well, they better be locks. That's they all. They are locks. All right. I like a lot of picks this week <laughs> in college football. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the lock of the lock is the Aggies plus 26 and a half against Alabama. I mean, come on. Alabama's not going to beat Texas A&M by 27 points. That's a whole lot of points. Alabama is a very good team. I'm not saying they're not. But Texas A&M is worlds better than Ole Miss is. Ole Miss lost 66-3 because Mississippi's a bad football team. Texas A&M will play Alabama tight. I think the Tide win, but I think they only do so by 8 or 10. 26 and a half is free money. They are printing the bills. Take the Aggies, lock it down, close the windows, slam the door, shut the shades. <laughs> Aggies, big. You ever have a zombie apocalypse, you know where to go. Go to College uh, Station because it's a Before we come back to your potentially extra picks, Henry, what's your lock of the week? My lock of the week is... I. Is Miami minus three at Florida State? Yeah. Okay. That's I, a good one. I think Florida State. They they have, they have looked very bad. They, <laughs> they looked they, real bad. They just barely escaped Wake Forest. Yes, they are still a, a football team that yeah. plays games at home against Florida State, and they they got out of there by the skin of their teeth. Um, that is my lock of the week. Austin's got. A, I, I'm while Austin 
gives us his bonus lock. I got too many. I got too many to pick from. I, I will. I will mull it over if I want to give a second one. I I got too many to pick. Maybe from we here. just gotta make the segment giving two locks. I don't know. No, no, no. no, no, no. It should only be one no. lock. It's only one. It's oh. just you guys are just feeling bold. I just like a lot All of right, picks Austin. this week. Give me, give me one more. Um, give me one more. I would not. I do not want to lock any of these games. So, I want to right. lock Texas A&M. That's the only lock okay. I'm making. So these are just. The, friendly the segment advice. has now ended. Friendly the advice. <laughs> the lock of the week is over. Lock your house. Now, if you have a guest house, you got a dog exactly. house. Exactly. You need to protect those. This is your ancillary. This is yeah. your ancillary ownings. I'm going to help you get a new boat. Yeah. I'm going to cover your lake house, yeah. your mountain chalet. Yeah. What Here's what you should do for those. Okay. Uh, if you've been picking against BYU, you've been happy. Do it again. Yeah, Boise yeah, State yeah. minus eight. Okay. Not lock it down, but put it in your lake house. Put it in your lake house. I like the Miami pick, Henry. I think that's a good pick. Ohio State minus thirty one. Maryland. <laughs> so that's a big spread. Maryland doesn't have anybody to throw the football. Okay. Ohio State's right, gonna right, win. Right, right. Uh, I like Nebraska. Small some jet skis. Nebraska's intriguing <laughs> to me. A lot of points, dude. <laughs> Nebraska is intriguing to me. Eleven and a half against Wisconsin. Yeah. And Washington State should not be two point underdogs yeah, against that's, Oregon. That's about Oregon, Oregon down to their third string yeah, quarterback. No, give me the coops. Right. Don't overthink it. Henry, you got any extra extra tips for us? I am. I'll, you know what? I'll put this one in the lake house. Okay. Uh, right. Put this one in the lake house. Michigan minus ten over Michigan State. All right. All right. You I, like I, it. Michigan's won all those games. You know, I, like I, be- I, 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 the I believe. Stay in my boys. away. I Don't be- get suckered in. I believe in my boys. Okay. I think O'Corn is a better option than Speed. No, nope. but Michigan State is Michigan State is going to come out to play this rivalry game. Rivalry away to them. It is at the big house, and if O'Corn does what he's supposed to, it's at the big house. I think they cover that, but I'm not one to lock it. All right, well, that's great, because it wasn't your lock of the week. Exactly. Uh, any closing thoughts here from both you gentlemen on just things you want to look forward to this week, things that you're looking forward to this weekend for Penn State? I have a happy homecoming, man. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No have, parade, because half of Sheridan doesn't that's exist. Fine. That's True. fine. But you know what? We'll have our own parade on the football field with Wildcats in the end zone. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. You heard it here first. Uh, make sure you, you tune in. Uh, this weekend on Saturday. Will Greer and Tim Hackett have the call. Parker Johnson on the sidelines. Uh, 11 a.m., 10.30 a.m. pregame show. Uh, that'll be a good one. Uh, we'll see if the Wildcats can get a win over a top-five team in the country. Again, thanks for listening to Moving the Chains, Episode 6. We had some fun on this one. Hopefully you guys, uh, if anything, have learned how to get multiple locks. Uh, thanks a lot for Austin Miller joining in on a lib. And Henry DeBoer, as always, excellent work. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been Moving the Chains on WNUR.